Welcome to episode 61 of the Faces of the Future podcast. It's your boy Mills. It's your boy Shan. It's your boy, man. Some moose. What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good, man? We back for season seven of the podcast, man. Shout out to everybody that's listening on their ride to work on a Monday morning, working out, just chilling, walking the dog, whatever it may be. The guys are back here, and it's been a minute. What you guys been up to? Ah, chilling, bro. Chilling. I can't complain, man. It was a nice little layoff we had. Uh, was able to take a nice little vacation. So, ready to get back to it now. Definitely. Moose, what you been up to, man? I'm on the grind. I mean, y'all know. I've just been on the grind. I, I'm not going to say too much now, but y'all know. If you know, you know. I've been on the grind, and hopefully some good news coming in a couple months, so. How, how, sure. How's your feeling time off, though? Like, Shan, how's vacation? Moose, how's, like, just relaxing, be able to, like, focus on your work, that type of thing, and just get stuff done um, in the off-season? Uh, it was very refreshing. Uh, Much-needed break. Um, going on vacation was nice. It was nice to get away. Haven't been on the trip since uh, 2019 due to COVID and all that stuff. So it was nice to get away with the crew. The crew showed out in DR. We had showed a good time. Showed out is understatement. People yeah. were from wild. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, we was. We was. We were depth nine deep. So, I mean, everybody showed up and showed out. It was a good time. Oh, yeah, it was a great time, bro. I, like, I, had, like, I had a time. That was the first like vacation I've been on in, in, in a minute. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, we were just relaxation, like no work, none of that stuff. So it was good. And then to do it with like a group of friends, that was like our first like real like group conversation that we, um, not group conversation, but group like vacation that we had. So right. doing that, doing that with, with everybody was just, a, was just a great time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was. It was great vibes. You know, we, some of us that have significant others were able to bring them with us, which made it even better. So it was a great time. Let me ask you all this. Um, what is it? What are the differences between just traveling with like your homies versus traveling like with your significant other? Like, which one do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy both? Like, just in different aspects of it. I th- enjoy both in different aspects, really. I mean, it's all it's all a good time. And the way I look at it is, my girl's my best friend anyway. So if she there, it's even better for me. Yeah. You know what I mean, how about you, Moose? Um, if you travel with your homeboys, it's cool. Y'all can turn up, do whatever. Um, with your girl, you could do backshot manias on a balcony. You know, <laughs> I see, I see the pros and cons, but I mean, yeah, nah, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, like Shan said, like if your girl, your best friend, is going, you're going to enjoy yourself anyways. And you know, ladies like traveling, so you always gonna have a good time. Just, no, I, I, agree. I agree. I agree. You can't, 100%. you can't go wrong with either situation. You really yeah, can't. Then we, bring the, then we bring the two together. Like you said, you get the bust of both worlds. What's, what's Toby right. said? Backshot mini on the, on the joint. Then you come back down and, and you chilling with the homies. You know what I'm saying? Chilling, playing pool by the poolside, whatever it may be. But now it's just all great vibes. And I'm just glad. I'm just yeah. glad that we got to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there were there were some points in the trip where all of our girls were here and then all of the dudes were here. You know yeah. what I mean? So it made it great. Yeah, it was a happy medium. Like nobody was like really mm-hmm. stepping on each other's toes. It was like, like you said, it was a happy medium between everything. But it was like I said, it was good. I'm glad we got out of the way, but I'm glad to be back because like, yeah, like I was telling, I was telling Shan um, Moose that like when we were on the ATVs and we were just going on, on like the countryside, going to the beaches and stuff like that, riding ATVs on the beaches. Like we was in like we called it like God's country. Like it was, it was like refreshing. You know what I'm saying? I know you probably thought that all the times when you were on your trips, like just being by the beach, like in like a sanctuary, just chilling, you're just like dang. Nah, it's lit. Yeah, nicely. Nah, DR look lit. I gotta go. I don't know when, but I gotta go soon. Let me ask y'all this: yeah, when, y'all sitting, when y'all sitting, when y'all sitting like in in a setting like that, does it like give you motivation? Like when you take a little trip out of the country, you're sitting on the beach, and you're just thinking and reflecting about everything. Does it give you like some sense of like, like this is the type of 
thing I want to be able to do on the regular. So I got to go harder when I get back from vacation or just more so like, I'm just here now. Let me enjoy it while I'm here. Absolutely. For me, you know, I have that sort of connection with the beach. You know, I always tell you, I feel like it's the closest to God I'll ever be. Cause you look at this amazing creation that you're standing in and you realize how small of like a peg you are in the grand scheme of the, you know, the whole world. So it kind of puts things into perspective for me. And it's just very refreshing. So I can go there and I can just kind of just let my thoughts out kind of to myself and just talk to God and just kind of refocus, you know, like recharge and then come back ready to, 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 to get even better. You're not same. Like when I go, when I go out and I travel, it just, you're not really thinking about anything. I mean, me, I be doing work vacations. So, I mean, I do got to work a little bit sometimes, but for the most part, when I am relaxing, for the most part, like you really, I don't know. It's like, you just get a sense of relaxation and it's kind of just like, it does something to your mental. Cause like the first time I traveled this year, came back, I was on it. I was completely on it. Just motivated, changing habits, all that stuff. Traveled again, came back, same thing. So it's like, it's always times where you just got to have a change of environment because it's like, if you if you continue to stay in the same environment, you do the same thing, you get burnt out, you know, a lot of things start happening, you go back to bad habits. So it's like, it's good to just travel and just get away from things because it really just gives you a new sense of motivation, like you said, so. Not definitely, it, it, just to bounce off like what you guys both were saying, I'm also talking to my girl about um, like goals, like right now, like the goals I have for the next six months. And it was just all like work and business goals, she's like, where's your vacation or trip goals, like your personal goals? And I'm just like, dang, I didn't even think about that. So like when Wilson, you said that's having to change the pace and just implementing that into your life. I think a lot of people kind of forget that when they get caught up in just the race that we're in on a daily basis. Just think about how can I get to the next check or how can I get to the to the next um, business goal? And they forget about like their, their personal side. So like when she said that, I was just like, yeah, I got to sit back and like, let me, let me, let me put as much time into this side of my life as I do this side of my life because it needs to be happy medium. You feel me? Because that that burnt out yeah. can happen quick without without any notice or or any alert. You know what I'm saying? So it's okay to plan trips now because we back outside. So it's okay yeah. to think about that shit. Yeah, definitely. You know maybe maybe I mean? it's a couple years before we were thinking about <laughs> right. it for a long period right. of time. It's just like right. But now, but now we back. You know what I'm saying? And I know y'all about to be outside. I know Moose about to be outside, shaking the uh, toe. July, I'm vaccinated. Just know, July, I'm out. I'm outside. You outside? <laughs> we vaccinated, bro. I'm vaccinated, and y'all know what I'm talking about. Jersey opened back up a little bit. Outside. You know, they, they lifted the mask mandate. So. The, the real, the real man, some moose coming out. Yeah, nah, I need to be outside, bro. I don't like. I need to be outside. I'm Yo, tired. So there's, so there's this thing. So this thing when we go out, I go out to Toby sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like you only notice it like if you if you go out with Toby. You know what I'm saying? When we we turn up, you feel me? You get, you get a little henny and hen dog in the system. My man, you know, you know, you know how tall you took like five nine, five ten, something like that. Like yeah. When he get the, when he get that hand dog, bull walking around like he is six foot six, six foot. He's <laughs> really weird. I really walk heavy footed, and I really just became some. Awkward. And he start bumping. He will start. He'll put a shoulder like yo. Watch me walk up like boost. Like you know what I'm saying? Like what you got? For going real? On? Like, <laughs> no, no. See, so it's a half and half situation. That only it depends on two situations. It depends if I'm already anxious or irritated of the environment. Or if I'm like really, or if I'm somewhere and I'm just not comfortable. For the most part, I really be chilling. Like I, I chill yeah. now. Like, but if I'm in an environment where I know niggas, niggas want to start trying people, like back. <laughs> so for all our listeners, I'm gonna tell this story from um undergrad. So back, so back, back in the day, um, we was in undergrad. Shout out to anybody who's who went to Rutgers and and listening to this. We was undergrad. I went to this party a minute ago. So. 
I don't even remember what happened. Something happened. Some niggas tried to jump me. I'm like, oh, yeah, so what's up? Da, 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 da. Like, like, yo, so what's good with you? Tried to jump me. Shit ain't happened. Mills came up to the school. Like, yo, I got some problems, yada, yada, yada. Cool. Came in, went to this function. I don't remember who it was for. They saw someone, like, hey, that's my op, whatever. Like, oh, yeah, word. So he comes up and says, yo, what's good with you, son? Pushed the nigga. The nigga got shook. Nigga look like he's about to shit his pants. He's like, nah, stop. He was like, nah, nah, nah. He tried to jump my mans. So what's good with you? So I was like, yeah, so nah, so what's good with you? You said you wanted to, you wanted to jump niggas, right? So what's good? So nigga look shook. And the point is for me is that when I'm drunk, leave me alone because I do reckless things. Like I call people. I fight people too because I'm an hockey nigga. I just, but my thing is now. You angry. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not angry all the time. <laughs> I'm not angry all the time anymore. Angry, bro. Bro, no, I'm not <laughs> he, he didn't tell you about the one time. He didn't tell you about the one time. He tell you about the one time that we was all out. It was like me, him, the homie Chris, Dennis. We was at this. We was at this lounge, or whatever, in the city. You, I'm, I'm, you'll probably remember this one happened. So we're in there. You know, it's tight with anything in there. You know, what I'm saying we walk in. I forget. It might have been someone's birthday. Or whatever, but we stepped oh. out. In, in, in that group, I'm the tall. I'm the tallest one in that group. You feel me? Like. So we're in there, you know what I'm saying? He told me on this, told me on this, Toby, moose on his moose. Like, like Toby turning the moose, sorry. Toby was in moose. Like Toby turning the moose. So we're in there, you know what I'm saying? It's tight. Like I said, he he get that, that liquid courage in me. Mm-hmm. He that bumped him. And Boy looks at Boy looks at me. Cause he's a big bull. Looks at I me. That night now. And I'm like, <laughs> you gotta be the biggest one in the group. You gotta be like, all right, bro, we don't want no problems, da da da. But it's like moose. You know what I'm saying? Cause he he because moose, he won't just bump you. He'll start running at the mouth if you bump him too. You from you know how he is. Nah, and you know what it is. This is my problem. This is another one of my problems. My problem is when I'm drunk and when I'm cooling, I'm coherent enough. No matter how much I drink, I'll tell you, excuse me. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, excuse me. Like I'm very, very polite when I'm drunk because I don't want problems. So when somebody, so when somebody's drunk and they step on my shoes and they bump into me, I'm looking at you like, yo, you can't say excuse me. That's what sets me off. If you could bump into me and someone's like, yo, my bad, I'm like, all right, cool. No, it's not that deep. But if you bump into me and it's not like a, you bump into me like you're a football player and you just going to look at me, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is your problem? That's the number one reason why I get heated. Not even because of, oh, I got, it's, yo, you step on my shoes. You can't say, excuse me. You can't say, I'm sorry. But me, I know how much I drink and I drink a lot. Well, I used to drink a lot. (laughs) You said I used to drink. You can't say, excuse me. That's why I get heated. That's the number one reason why I get people don't be saying excuse. People don't be using their manners. That's why I get irritated. The moral of the story is stay stay clear of Moose when he got to drinks in the system. Not yeah. even just use your <laughs> bro. far far away. No, use your manners. You hey, yo, Moose bro. coming through. Watch out! Like, <laughs> no, use your manners if you're going to be drunk and drink. Like, if you some random, use your fucking manners. Like, it don't it don't do anything to just say excuse me. That's the number one reason why I get pissed in the club. Respect, respectfully, respectfully. But besides respecting that, you know what I'm saying? We've been in the off season, like I said, and we weren't on we weren't on air, we weren't recording when J. Cole dropped this latest album. The so it dropped. Me personally, I liked it a lot. It put oh me, boy. it put me in my bag. Like this is this is I'm like Cole. I like I like this energy that you're giving me. You feel me? Like, cause J. Cole. Um, that those that didn't listen, listeners that didn't listen to this project aren't familiar with J. Cole, which if you're not familiar with J. Cole, you live under a rock and you need to go get some help. But J. Cole dropped his off-season, his, his long-awaited album, um, what was it, the beginning of, la- the end of last month, and everybody- Loose finna start already, bro. He, he, he finna he, he start he already. 
J. Cole, J. Cole set it off. Um, all the like the, the A-list quote unquote rappers about to drop. Um, people people were waiting for him, Kendrick, Drake, Meek, all of them to drop. So J. Cole dropped, he let it off. And the reason I say I like the project is because the tone in which he was speaking from was a tone that I never heard from him before, in my opinion. That he was really talking his talking his shit, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and stating that he's the top in the game and nobody can nobody can not justify that, you know what I'm saying? So I know both of you listened to the project. I want y'all to react and give me your thoughts if you liked it, if it's not what you expected, if J. Cole is is still J. Cole that we that we know of, or if he took a little dip off and he's not, he hasn't really elevated. I liked it a lot. Um, I like J. Cole a lot because I, he's a true lyricist and he talks about things that I feel like I can relate to, even though I really can't. You know what I mean? It's not like trap shit. You know what I mean? It's a little bit more relatable for me. That's why I like it. Was it his best project? Maybe not, but it oh, was nah, definitely nah, nah. Yeah, no. it was it was it was definitely a good a good project though. It was definitely it was definitely solid. It's definitely something that you could put on and let it play through. You know what I mean? Yeah. The album was mid, bro. <laughs> what? Yeah, the album was mid. You said it was mid. The album was mid. What's your logic behind it being mid though? Like, how can you say that that pro- like what was mid about the project? So my this is my problem with this is. I think of J. Cole fans as cowboy fans. Oh, come on. I think of, J. Cole, fans, I think of J. Cole fans come as cowboy on. fans. And listen to what I'm saying. Oh, right? no. The biggest, the biggest problem with J. Cole is how his fans hype them up to be the best rapper, the best rapper in that generation. And so because, because people, people, people hype him up to be that, I I, st- I keep him at a standard where I have to judge you the same way I judge Kendrick. Okay. And I think Kendrick has never, Kendrick has never made a project that could potentially disappoint me. Like there's nothing that you can argue about Kendrick's discography. Never. That's that's not so that's, are, you, that's, that's wait, are you saying go ahead, Mills? So my thing is with J. Cole, my thing is, is that J. Cole, to be honest with you, has not come out with a project that has peaked his previous, like his first two projects. Did and this project has, disappoint you? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like he's consistently disappointed me as a rapper and an artist. What? I think I think his lyricism, <laughs> I think his lyricism has matured, but he hasn't got as an overall project, it has not gotten better. The closest thing that you could say was his best project since was probably KOD, but there's nothing that he has made that's better than Born Center or 2014. There's nothing that you can say. I mean, I, I mean, no. I, 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 could, I, I could probably agree with that, but I don't think that uh, it's as bad as you making it out to seem his latest it's album. Not, it's not about the fact that it's bad. It's more so about because the would you say that it's more so consistent with how he's been? You said I, he got better lyrically. Would you say it's 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 comparable to those albums though? No, lyrically. No, I think when I look at a project, or I think when I look at a project, my problem. And we had this conversation before, Mills. My problem with J. Cole is how I look at J. Cole, how I look at J. Cole is J. Cole has a very, very good way of pulling out common people problems or relate to common people problems. And so for me, what my problem was, yeah, KOD was a really good project. I thought it was a really, really good project. Um, For your eyes only, I'll be honest with you, that album, no. It was all right to me. That project was all right. like it was I good, but it wasn't like uh da, 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 you know what I'm saying? That's probably in my opinion, it's probably his worst project. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Not that it was like a bad project, but it wasn't up to Yeah, <laughs> like my thing is that like for me, I just really look at it as 
I think that in terms of his lyricism and how he relates, I feel like, how do I say this? He's moving into a sense where he's not connecting with the fans anymore, if that makes sense. Like, I understand the point with J. Cole sometimes, he has a tendency to talk about where he's at and how he can bring where he's at to the people. But where, but what made him interesting was the fact of it always came off as if like he's here, but he's still being humble enough to relate to us in certain ways. And I think that's where my problem has been, where he kind of, I guess the fact is that he he just believe his head's getting a little big, and I can well, tell in the lyrics. See, I think that's unfair. I think that's unfair wow. because when you have artists like you have artists like Drake, he'll when he was coming up. You know what I'm saying? He's talking about he was he was a relatable artist too when he's coming up. That's why that's why like the college kids related to him and things of that nature. Like he spoke on what he was going through, whatever, and, and navigated through. Um, but now that he's now he's kind of like flipped the script. He's he's like the head honcho or whatever in the music game, and he talks that braggadocious talk and stuff like that. People people love it. So when it comes to J. Cole, why can't he talk about the same types of things? Because he's elevated in the same way, you know what I'm saying, and and people downplay it like, well, oh, 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 like why is he why is he being so um, upfront about it? why is he why is he being so cocky why is he doing that? It's like, bro, that's the headspace he's in. If you expect an artist like that to always be quote unquote relatable in, in the experience they go through, it's not going to be realistic to the consumer. That makes sense because he's not in that he's not in that space anymore where he's on ground level. Yes, yes, he's always been a little bit above, and then came back and reached the people. But now I feel as though he's at a point where. He's not as tangible, which he shouldn't be. And that's mm-hmm. part of that's part of being <clears throat> in the music, growth in business, whatever it may be. It's like he's not always going to be that tangible, tangible uh, artist that he was in the past. One, because it's not he's just not solo anymore. Two, and what I mean by solo is he has a whole label behind him, so now he's more so an exec as well as an artist. So he's not going to be as, like I said, where you can just reach and grab and be like, oh, I can relate to that. I can relate to this. It's like nah. Now he's speaking from 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 a place where. All right, now the consumer can imagine because it's someplace that they're trying to get to, if that makes sense. So I just don't understand why when it comes to like Cole, you don't want him to be braggadocious and cold, cocky and whatever it may be, but everybody else, they can talk on that level. I'm not saying that he can't, but it's the way how you communicate it. Like, it's like when we look at- so You don't think he's good lyrically? I'm not saying he's not good lyrically, but it's, how do I say this? This goes into my philosophy about rappers in a rapping style and how it fits them like Mm -hmm. big sean big sean is a corny nigga right but because he has corny lyrics it fits him because he's a corny nigga you get what i'm saying so it's on brand is what you're saying yeah it's on brand like how he raps is not on brand like if he raps and he applies it to him being on brand i would have a problem with it drake the reason why drake can do that is because no matter how even how even when drake is braggadocious drake just started really really being braggadocious Right. And for me, it's like he has a different type of bag. Drake can go into his rapping bag where he could be braggadocious, but it's not braggadocious to the point where I'm richer than all you niggas. It's just I'm that nigga where people can relate to. But then when he gets there, that's well, well, now, well, before, before, yes. But now he be talking, he be talking down like, yeah, all that stuff is like, yeah, talking about big bags. Yeah. Like now he had the different bags where it's like he can be braggadocious and still relate to people or R&B, you know, he's still, he's still relatable. You know what I'm saying? But J. Cole, I think that it's not, it's not transferring well to how he is or how people view him as a person. And my thing is that 
because I think that people look at him as like the best thing since sliced bread or the second coming of Jesus Christ or whatever. It, it just ended up becoming a situation where it's like, he thinks that he's more braggad. He, he becomes more braggadocious than he should be. If that makes sense. Be. Like, I think Kendrick, I think Kendrick runs laps around him. I think his album, Kendrick's album is going to go. <laughs> you said runs laps. I can't say runs laps around him, bro. Like Kendrick's album is going to run laps around the off season. I'm, but okay, okay, okay. The album I can't speak on. Speak on what Kendrick's album is going to be because you never know what you're going to get with Kendrick. That's like I'm not, I didn't say content. I just said when that album dropped. Just, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like his, I'm I'm not debating it because like you said, all all of his albums that he dropped have been totally different, but all hit like in a way that. They can quote unquote be considered classics. You know what I'm saying? That's why I said that's facts, why I mean facts, that facts. you don't know what you're gonna get from Kendrick. But for you to just come out and say he's gonna run laps when, when my thing is the consensus. What I, I'm not gonna say the consensus because obviously, like on social media, like you see what the algorithm shows you. You feel me? I don't see all of Twitter, I don't see all of Instagram, but on my timeline, people were praising J. Cole's project. You feel people me? liked it, bro. People were praising it for the simple for the same reason that you dislike it. You know what I'm saying? Like their whole their whole theme and their whole their whole um ideology about why they liked it was well, I've been waiting for J. Cole to talk this shit. Da, da, da. Like I've been waiting for that. Like and the way he came out with that 90, 95 South intro was like, yeah, this is this is what I me personally is like this is what I'm waiting for from Cole. Like it's like Cole, I, I don't need you to be that guy talking about you from North Carolina anymore, doing this, coming like I don't need that content anymore. I, I, I want to see, I want to hear that content of what it's like being the man now, having your right. own label, run it, run it like doing stuff on your own, you know what I'm saying? Without without um that struggle anymore, if that makes sense. So it's like, I don't know. I was kind of waiting for that content. And I think lyrically, like I said, I think it's lyrically been consistent with his other albums. I agree with that too. He's been consistent over the years and he really hasn't changed to like do like other shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like he stayed, he stayed true to himself over each of his albums, I feel. And, and, and the thing, and the biggest thing, I just, I just like, I like to like, like you said, we keep talking about lyrics and stuff like, but just the tone in which he speaks in now. You feel me? I just, I just like it. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I like, like, even like, well, like I said, when, when the guys like Kendrick or the guys with Hove, when Drake talk about like, they braggadocious, like bag, like they, like you've seen, cause put it this way, all three of us, we've come up with these artists. Like they're our era. You know what I'm saying? These are our guys. So like seeing that, seeing that progress in which you've seen them in the struggle, you've seen them when they were on, now you see him at the top of the mountaintop, and now they telling telling what it's like at the top. I like that stuff. That's just me as a consumer. That's a consumer liking the art that the artist puts out. Mm-hmm. So. I just I just think that I think that for me, I would probably be more open to J. Cole if people did not hype him the way that they hyped him up. But what's wrong with that though? Because what's wrong, of, what's wrong with people being excited for a J. Cole to drop the same way you would be excited for a while later drop? Because that's a valid question. That's now, a valid question. What's that the difference? Because I'm saying, what's the difference? Since you since you brought since you brought him up, I wasn't even going to bring him up today. No, 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 I'm only asking you. I'm only asking you. No, what is my, the difference? But that, but that part of that is my problem. One is the fact of, in my opinion, J Cole and Wale are very very similar talents and very very similar are very very similar artist talent level. But the way people talk about J Cole in terms of this man is damn near God. And the so way this is about Wale not getting his this respect. This is about Wale. This is what it's really about. That's where that's where his hate. You know what I'm saying? That's where the hate in his heart comes from. Exactly. Because Wale don't get the same praise as Cole. But you got to the root of it. You got to the root of it. Wait, no, that's not even it. That's like the third reason. The first reason is because my thing is, if you're like we talk about it like this, Drake produces. Like Drake will Drake can come out with a hit in two seconds. Mm-hmm. Kendrick, 
obviously he takes his time, but when Kendrick drops, how he drops and approaches music and artistry is very different from anybody we've ever seen. We but know it's going to be fire. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? But J. Cole, my thing is that he had For Your Eyes Only, which was made. KOD, which was good. Like, you get what I'm saying? It's like, KOD was good. For Your Eyes Only was eh. 2014 was great. Like, Born Center was great. It's like, every single time, we don't know how or what we're going to specifically get from Cole. And it's like, oh, this was good. This was great. This was, And my thing is that there's not been a consistency with J. Cole where I could be like, yo, this man is the best thing since sliced bread. Kendrick has peaked every single time he's made an album. Drake so, has gotten better every single time he's got an album. J. Cole you, ebbs and flows. Uh, Drake has not got bro. Every album know, that's debatable false, for bro. some people. Drake has debatable for some people. So 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 let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So my opinion, when both all three of our opinions, um, take care and nothing was the same with his top two projects, right? I can get behind that. Take care, and nothing was the same. Yes, those, those, those are two classic albums. If not, are, if are they are they both better than Scorpion? Yes. No. Whoa, I think what? so. Whoa, 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 I think whoa, so. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? I think so. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I let's, think so. Let's let's slow down here. Let's slow down. Let's we're, slow we're, not going, <laughs> we're not going fast. We're not going fast. So we <laughs> at all. We're not going fast. We're in a slope. We're going very slow at the moment, but. Scorpion is better than nothing was the same and take care. Let me, I just need you. I, I, I think you. Scorpion is better than take care. Uh, right. We're mean, getting into a conversation take, that's going to last a long a, time. Take care was a moment in time where, like, you know, he really was, he really got into his bag. Like, that was the first time we really, really see him get into his bag. I think con- this, this, my thing is, nothing was the same was his best, like, cohesive project. I agree. That's my favorite project. Yeah. I think that the single, I think if you look at, look at the song single for single, or if you look at some of the B-sides, I think that you can say that a lot of his B-sides on the album for Take Care was better than a lot of his B-sides for, um, for Scorpion. I can, I can, I could definitely say that because Lord knows it's like my top five Drake song, but yeah, for me to just be like, Take Care is better now the way Drake is now. <laughs> I just think, I just think, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, that's our era. We we heard. We, I think we those both two felt, We felt Scorpion. both projects when they dropped. You know what I'm saying? I feel yeah, as though I "Take Care" when it dropped and the longevity and the something like how it still played. The records on there still played. Like you said, Lord knows your top top five Drake songs. And there's a lot Take of records. Take care, of Rihanna. You still hear that, that like, all the time. That that people play back all the time. It's just like I don't think that's really me. I don't really think that's a debate. Like, all right, let's get back to the topic at hand with the Wale shit because I know facts. we know that's why. You're not giving Cole his That's not credit. It. That's not it. No, 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 no. It's it's not the major reason, but my thing is that when I look at how people talk about J. Cole, like talent-wise, and I see how people talk about how J. Cole's his best, like, you mean to tell me that Wale, who's given us Meg Thee Stallion, who gave us David O, who gave us J. Cole, who gave us all these great rappers, one, he doesn't have a great ear like Jay-Z. He doesn't he does? he seek talent. You can't tell me that how he approaches music is not good. All the content that J. Cole rapped about now, while it wasn't rapping about that before, like a lot of like a lot of the stuff and a, a lot of the stuff that like when you really look at it, while it don't get his flowers. Obviously, it's a label issue, obviously, it's a manager issue. We know that. But if y'all not gonna give Wale his flowers the way y'all give J. Cole his flowers, there is a problem. And the only so because why- so because Wale isn't getting the respect you feel he deserves, therefore, not even I Cole- feel it. 
It's not even how uh, I feel. It's not even how I no, feel. I, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on why I'm not getting the respect he deserves. But that ain't J. Cole's fault. So you can't you so you can't try no, to discredit not, J. Cole's shit because of that. Blaming, I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming J. Cole, but I am, but what I am saying is that the, like it's like it's like using the football analogy. It's because Tom Brady is so great. If Tom Brady does shit in the playoffs, it's like we're gonna look at you crazy. It's like, how are you gonna how are you gonna play like this in the playoffs? You know what I'm saying? It's like when you when you put somebody at a standard, you have to you have to judge them at that standard. And a lot of the times we don't judge J. Cole at a standard that we should judge him. Like he gets all he gets all the bonuses and he doesn't get none of the negatives. And that's where the problem for me is. Because if, if Kendrick okay. came out, if Kendrick's discography was J. Cole's discography, would we talk about Kendrick the same way? Nah, probably not. Exactly. But Kendrick, that's, that's my I thing. I feel as though Kendrick, Kendrick in the game, he's a different kind of artist. Though, I feel like, I feel like, no, I feel he's like a Ken- kind of artist. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm just saying. They're different. Like you said, because like you said, Kendrick has gotten better and better each time. Like I said, J. Cole has stayed consistent. Where I feel like Kendrick has kind of elevated so, each time. So to wrap up to wrap up this um segment, because we'll go on this about this debate forever. Um, one with, with Moose, I'm not disagreeing with you. I feel as though Kendrick, when it comes to full artistry. Like when it comes to content, when it comes to production, how they approach the music, that type of thing. I may put Kendrick above both him and Drake as like the top like create create a mind when it comes to that stuff. When it comes to when it comes to when it comes to like actually like versatility when it comes to music, I Drake obviously like that's my thing. But what I want to ask both of you is do you do you have we have the debate in sports about LeBron Kobe. And, and and Jordan, so when it comes to music, when we have Drake, uh, Cole, and Kendrick, who would you say is like who in the rap game in terms of like the greatest versus their next up versus this? Drake, Kendrick, Cole. <laughs> Me and LeBron are twins, so I can't. <sighs> Jesus. All right, so I would say in a sense that Jordan is Drake just because of how he impacts the music industry and how great he is. I would say Kendrick is like Kobe because they both kind of compare their respective fields as art. Obviously, Kendrick is me, but Kobe looks at basketball as art and how they approach the game is the same way. Yeah. Fortunately, I got compared J. Cole to my twin brother, LeBron. So it's like... but 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 that's not a bad comparison though because the same way you're giving the same way you're giving slack to Cole is the same way Bron gets slack in the league. You know what I'm saying? He does all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? He'll do that stuff. But if he doesn't, if he like this year, if he doesn't make it to the championship, he doesn't bring out a ring like you quote unquote. He's gonna be like, is he really? Why is he compared to the rest of these two? You know what I'm saying? It's the right. same conversation. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it's that's the same of, conversation. That is, that is, that's, that's that is. Con- you, can't talk. Talk. Get it. you just, you just said that's the know. same you know, exact conversation. I get it. I, I get it. I get it. But I just think there's nuances with LeBron. But I get what you're saying, though. I feel you. But I'm glad we had that conversation. I just want to hear your thoughts because we didn't get a chance to talk about it, and it, and and, and it's a it's a great conversation to have. But like I said, I told you, I think you tripping saying that the project was was some mid, but. Uh, that's here nor there. 
and we'll see what the fans have to say. We'll, we'll see what we'll see, we'll see the listeners have to say and, and get their opinions as well. But the next big thing that happened, like in entertainment in in um, industry outside, not in music, but in podcasting world, was the Joe Budden podcast broke up. And that was a big thing in the podcast industry. I know we all had our thoughts. We all tuned into it. I'm saying I think every podcaster kind of like that's in that space um, tuned into what happened and, and how nasty that breakup was. And and, and, it, and it got and it get, and it made everybody have a conversation of what's it like dealing with friends and business. So like seeing what went on. Um, and for those of you that don't listen, Joe Budden, former hip hop artist, um, turned host of a podcast, one of the biggest hosts in the world at the moment, um, broke up his podcast, um, the Joe Budden podcast, Rory and Maul broke up. Rory and Maul left the podcast, or as Joe would say, he fired both of them on air. And it was a huge debacle way um, Joe handled the business versus how they handled the business. Um, and the big thing that was brought up was accounting and relationships and separating friends and business. So I want y'all to react and give your thoughts on um, what you saw first, and then we'll go into some more. Messy. Yeah, Mess, messy as hell. You hate to see because Joe Budden is really is a pioneer in a podcasting game. Love him or hate him, you got to give him his flowers in that regard. Um, you hate to see something that was such a a staple show, you know, like a like really a flagship like podcast. You hate to see it break up like that for sure. Um, then you hate to hear about the 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 reasons why with the money and all that shit. You know, it's just messy. Because, you know, if those really your homies for life, you know, you want to, you don't want anything to interfere with those relationships. You know what I mean? Because it's like family. So you hate to see a breakup like that. Very, very messy. But um, Joe Buttons is very controversial. Very controversial with, with, the, with the way he handles things. I don't always like the way he goes about his business all the time. So that's my opinion on that. I just think that Joe was stupid for what he did. It's like, <clears throat> for people who don't know, like, for people who don't know how the Joe Budden podcast started, it started with him, Rory, and some other girl. He fired the one girl. Rory was on the podcast continuously. Maul came on in, like, 75 or some yeah. whatever. Early stages. Yeah, and my thing is that, one, Rory's Rory has connections, obviously, with Sony, with Interscope, with people in title. Obviously, he does, too. Like, he talks to Jay-Z and stuff like that. And Maul's brother is Big Burks from Rockefeller. Um, and my thing is that you burned a very, very bad bridge with both of them. Yeah. Just a sense of like, <clears throat> you put people in a very, very weird position. Because it's like, let's look at Elliot Wilson, who's cool with Rory. It's like, how do you move with Elliot? Like, obviously they're going to be cordial, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, how do you move with somebody that's friends with somebody that you just did dirty in front of millions of people? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, how you talk about how, you know, you got the whole feature, you got all this, it's like, you just did somebody dirty that Jay-Z used to work with that Jay-Z's probably potentially still cool with. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, my biggest problem is that as a, as a leader is like, at what point do you continue to burn bridges and rebuild? Cause after a while, it's like, you can't keep taking time to rebuild the bridge that you burned. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Build a new bridge. But it's like, at what point can you just say, this is the bridge we're going to stick to it. It's number one. Number two, my uh, my other problem was that how he, I, I look at it from both sides on this on this end, just because of the fact of I understand where Joe was coming from, but at the same time, it's like they're your homies. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you if you're gonna pay them the way that you say that you pay them, why is it so bad 
that they can't see the numbers. I get it. You said that there was a Spotify, whatever, there was a deal in place, whatever, 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 whatever. But my thing is that like, even still, you could have been like, yo, I can't talk about it, but just know I'm paying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like from what I'm hearing, he was just going off on them. And for you as your homie, it's like, all right, you gonna go off on me. In the words of Maul, like niggas start wearing weird hats now and shit like that. It's like, you you acting mad funny. And it's like, why are you acting this? Like you my homie, we live together. Like when it's like, when people see the real you, when people see you, when you show your ass, it's like, you can't be acting funny to people like that. Like, and that and that's where on his side, I understand that he couldn't talk about the business. I understand where Rory and Maul were coming from. But the biggest problem was that like, in my opinion, Joe's the leader. You named it the Joe Budden podcast. So yeah. we could name the Joe Budden podcast. Joe Budden, you are the leader to make sure that your co-hosts are taken care of. Yep. Everyone else is taken care of. And from the story of what Rory and Maul were explaining, Joe sounds out of pocket. He does. And he was a bad, like, it was really bad leadership. Terrible and, leadership. And my, my thing is, um, just to, like I said, to keep going off of what you said when it comes like the leadership role and then just doing business um, with your friends, like kind of like pretty much what we're doing right now when it comes mm-hmm. to God. And it's like, my thing is, Based on what Joe said and what Rory and Maul said, um, the biggest thing was like the accounting, not seeing the bread, like you said. And, and based on the contract that they had and they explained they had a percentage-based contract is, my thing is being someone that's running a business, running a pod with you guys and things of that nature. If, if we, that's like, if all three of us agree to percentage-based contract, like this is the percentage that Shan has, the percentage that Moose has, the percentage that Mills has. And when the bread comes in, that's how we break it down. The only way for you to know how much bread you're gonna get is if you see the numbers, mm-hmm. you know that you have the the bread that you're supposed to get. Is to see the numbers. So if you agree, all right, every quarter, you're, everybody's getting an accounting spreadsheet about the money that came into the pod versus money that went out, and this is this is um your expense. This is how much you get paid after expenses. Like that's something that you have to do and you should honor. So when I hear that someone's getting that Joe's getting all worked up about, oh why are you asking for accounting? It's none of your business. Whatever it may be, sketchy. Like, that's sketchy. And like, if I was to do something like that, or y'all do something like that, I would say the same thing. Like, bro, why yeah. are you not? And then we on? would be like, we would be like to one of us, like, like, what type of time is you on? Like, we've been friends for fucking 15 plus years. What what the, how the fuck you going to sit there and act like that to us? Yeah, You know yeah. what I'm saying? We ain't some niggas that you just don't know or some niggas that you just hire. Like, we know you, we, we, we know you. Because you know what I'm saying? Because the biggest thing is like, look at it like this. It's like, at the end of the day, you weren't even in the pot, like you weren't even in the Spotify deal anymore. So it's like, why are you trying to hide the Spotify numbers? You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, you're not in a deal no more. You don't even have to show them. You could be like, hey, these are the numbers. Take it or take it how you want it. You like, it's saying? really like, even like that, like I understand that there's NDAs that are being, that have to be signed probably all that type of thing when you do big deals with companies like that. But still like, I don't know if I'm out of the deal, like my friend, it really my shows friend that like, bro, like this is what we got. Period. Like, how hard is that? Unless you, unless you have something to hide, you feel me? Something sketchy. And I'm, and I'm not, yeah, and I'm not saying that he should be showing how much bread the whole network is making. You feel me? That's the whole different. That's a whole different ballgame. You feel me? Unless they have equity in the network. Yeah. But when it comes to the show that they all three of them, all however many of them on there agreed to, like this is my, this is like our thing. Like the numbers have to be shown. Like For that's sure. my opinion. Anything bigger it's, than that. That's that's a whole different conversation. But when it comes to the show that you guys agreed on, and this is how you guys have been doing business for however long, it's like 
that's uh, and like 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 Moose said, I, I see I see where Joe's coming from, run, having to run the show and make sure you can't make sure like legal sides taken care of. When the, what can I tell you? What can I what can I not tell you? Like obviously that gets tricky, but in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if honestly I do know. I'm not blowing up my friendship on national air, right? Like, and international, internet, yeah, international, international air, and and just and then and then just. Don't be on the, he started throwing people under the table. That's the part that I did. Yeah. It's really just a lack of respect on Joe Budden's part for the whole thing. Like, how you going to talk to you? How you going to do your homies like that, bro? It's like, do y'all think that where he's at in the podcasting world itself has kind of just gone to his head? And he just, he was just power tripping um, for a little bit? Um, I don't, I don't know if it's going to go into his head necessarily, but I feel as though he's gotten to a space where one, I think it's a lot of pressure. Like anytime, like you see, like you have the it's called the Joe Budden Network, it's called Joe Budden Podcast, and your name's plastered everything. You have to make sure everything runs to a, the operations running at mm-hmm. what old machine. And then doesn't it doesn't help at all that he's a black male and in, 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 in a black a black person, not even black male, but a black person in this space that does not have many black people that are at the helm when it comes to the entertainment industry. You feel me? So doing that, I feel like that's a lot of pressure. And then when it comes to just being on air twenty four seven. Maybe he kind of lost sense of reality of not being able to turn it off or turn it on. You feel right. me? It separate the friendship versus the entertainment aspect. You feel me? But that's but and it kind of like messed together and it blew up. But that's his fault though. Like at the end of the day, that's your that that's his fault. Nobody asked. Nobody asked you the name of the Joe Budden podcast. Nobody asked you the name of Joe Budden TV. Like the reality of it is that like you made your bed so late in it. Like you had homies that you were working with. So it's like, for me, it's like, that's where I don't feel bad. It's like, you can't, you can't sit here, make the Joe Budden TV, make the Joe Budden podcast, everything under Joe Budden, Joe Budden, Joe Budden, and then act like an asshole and then get upset when people get upset with you. It's like, you made this bed. So lay in it. Like you made the problem, fix it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I understand where you're coming from in terms of, yeah, you know, he's a black man who's at the helm of the podcasting industry, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you also put yourself in a position yeah. where people are not going to, people are not going to, people are coming to you for certain things and you fucking them over. You can't sit here and screw these people over and just be like, eh, it's whatever, like, I'm firing you, then I'm replacing you with niggas that don't even, that, that, that don't have the same chemistry as you and Rory did. And that's just been my problem. Definitely. And I wasn't, and I wasn't put into a sense that like, that's why the ju- just, that's the reason he justifies his, 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 his actions. I was saying like, yeah. that's that added pressure he put on himself. And then, I mean, when he had that pressure, he got out of himself when it came to, when it came to that, that prime time and how are you going to react when, when, when shit really unfolds, you feel me? But another thing that like the, both, both parties were saying is like, stuff like this happens all the time in business, no matter like where you look at it, it's just like, they're in front of the world. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think this is out of the ordinary, this type of stuff happening within when it comes to friends and business, things of that nature, but that doesn't make it right anyway. I, like I said, I, right. I don't think the situation was handled right. Um, I think I think just based on, obviously we're outsiders looking in, we don't know all the details, but it seems like there's a, a very, very big lack of communication. Um, or or if there was lack of communication, I mean, if there was communication, communication wasn't respectful, you know what I'm saying? And then also about the, the second, the last thing I want to ask about this scenario is you're in the situation where Rory and Maul, they didn't show up to the podcast for however many weeks. And you have a staff of people that producers, video guys, and all that, that you have to feed, that you have to pay. You know what I'm saying? That to be on payroll. But your top two guys that are, that are on 
that are um, a part of the show aren't showing up. So that affects the bread that's being coming in, that's coming into the rest of the staff's pockets. You know what I'm saying? So how would y'all handle the situation? Would you have the show must go on type thing the way Joe did, or are you waiting for them? I mean, <clears throat> the shows, I mean, that's tough. The show's got to continue. Cause you got to continue to make your bread. I also don't know what it says, you know, what's in their contracts, if they have to do it. Like if he, if Joe button has to do the show by himself, if he has to, you know what I mean? So, I mean, when you, when you start coming down to the bottom line, you got to keep it pushing if they're not showing up, you know what I mean? I mean, they're content creators. So yeah, the show must go on. But the issue with the, but my problem is that looking at the story, the issue would have been solved sooner. And that that like my thing is that it could have been solved sooner, but Joe really could have been, and that and that's the problem. And it's like my thing is, and this is where, and this is what I wanted to say. Like my biggest thing, like when people talk about friends and business, is that you gotta understand people's values, and and you gotta meet them where they're at when it comes to friends and business. Like if we bring in somebody, for example, that doesn't want to do podcasting, that doesn't care for podcasting, that doesn't have anything to say or, you know, it's very lackadaisical. It's not really even, like, interested in media. And we try to bring them onto a podcast permanently or even to, you know, the entity permanently. It's going to affect the business. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you have to understand people's values. And I think a lot of the times the problem is, going back to just talking about talent, for example, it's a lot of people look at people's talent, but they don't understand people's point of view with their talent. There are some people that are crazy good at basketball, crazy good at sports, but don't want to go and be a professional athlete. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, if you don't meet them where they're at, that's where the friction comes in. Because the thing is, a lot of people just assume that, okay, you're this talented. You want to do this forever. Not everybody want to sit here and play sports forever. Not everybody want to be podcasters forever. Not everybody wants to be an artist forever. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, when you don't understand those values and you don't understand your homie from where he's at, where he wants to be, how he wants to live his life, you're going to look at it from a standpoint of like, yo, like, why is this happening? We making good money. And it's not to say that Rory or Maul didn't want to do that because they said it. They, they care about their friend's business and working with their friends and making everything great. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, they cared. So it's like for Joe to now act as if, oh, they're acting funny. It's like, you're the one whose values changed. You know what I'm saying? It's like Maul, Maul specifically said it. He's upset, not even because of the whole podcast information, but because you're like, this podcast is none of my business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, now you misconstruing people's values. You looking at people crazy. And it's like, for me, if somebody telling me that the stuff that I put in is none of my business after I put in hella work, I'm going to look at you crazy. Yeah. Bullshit. Like, yeah, you have to look at people's values. And that's why friends and business don't, it's not the fact that it can't work. It's just the fact of, People don't pay attention to people's values and when they're changing and when they're not changing. And then people just assume that everybody always assumes that the same thing is going to last forever. There's no exit plan. There's no contingency plan when working with friends, all of that. Everybody could easily work and make, hypothetically speaking, make the best t-shirts on earth. And, you know, we make three, four lines. We cut the business. We all split the profits at the end of the day and we close out stuff close out all the business, all that. So if we could split it three ways, we end up we end up good as friends. It's yep. simple. Yep. But people don't talk about ending. And the reality is that when money gets involved, people throw the values, people throw the morals out the window. And as a result, that's where the shit gets fucked up. Not even because you can't mix friends and business. You just don't know when to cut the line. 
It's being an entrepreneur. You have to know when to stop or sell yeah. the business or whatever. That's just or, really or, or they don't even like just to, or they don't even know like that. They don't want their. I feel like a lot of people shy away from those conversations. Like, like I said, I'll, I'll just use that as an example because we're all on the show. You know what I'm saying? We talk about stuff off off air about like when it comes to the podcast and direction we want to go, things of that nature. But like, there's people that won't even have those conversations, like you said. And then like when Brad gets involved, it's like, all right, they don't even have a plan for like if we start getting revenue, this is how we're gonna operate. This is how we're gonna operate. Or they don't mm-hmm. even ask their their peer like, what do you want to like? How long do you want to do this for? How long do you want to do that for? Like, if this comes in, are you are you willing to do this many hours? Are you willing to drive down this way? Whatever it may be. And I feel like people shy away from those conversations for whatever reason may be. And maybe it's because they're afraid to tell somebody that they're not quote unquote as valuable as they think they are, or they don't want to hear whoever's on air with them saying, "Oh, I think I'm this value." You feel mm-hmm. me? And they just don't want to have those conversations. But like, like Moose said, those conversations have to be had, especially if you're trying to grow. And it's not just something that you want to do for a short period of time and you want to do for an extended period of time. Because like, 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 like you said, like nothing ever stays the same. And, and there's always evolution with growth. So Funny bar chuck quote. Yeah. <laughs> say, say, you, either, you either get better or you get worse. <laughs> nah, for real. <laughs> but nah, for real though, it's like, to put it like this, when I think about it, for me, right? Because I know my angle and I know what I want to do. Just because, let's say, hypothetically speaking, let's say I stop podcasting today. Because of my plans and because I know what I want to do or where I want to be at, that doesn't mean I may just stop helping out with MBT or helping out with Faces of the Future. There's other things that I know that I'm going to do or help out with. So it's not even going to be a situation where, oh, damn, Toby's not on the podcast. No, nah, but he too, he's doing X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. So it's like, when you don't understand your friend's goals, you don't know how to transform their role. And once again, that goes back to being a great leader. Because when you talk to people that you work with, when you talk to people that you're in charge of, you start to understand how to reassess their role. Because if you don't reassess their role after time when they themselves are changing as well, and you've seen the changes, that's on you. Yep. Like, it's, like, there's nothing else you could do. You know what I'm saying? It's like no, I agree. I and agree. that's why I said it's like for me, I know my angles. So for me, doing this right now helps benefits Miles, it benefits Shannon, it benefits me as well because I know what I want part of my end goal to be, not just five years from now, but 20 years from now. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's like knowing how knowing how to do this now, knowing how to run a podcast, knowing things about media, video, all that stuff is going to help me in the long run. So the values that I have align with Miles because of what I want to accomplish. It's the same thing with Shannon. Shannon loves sports. Shannon loves to have conversations. What Shannon's values are, are going to help the podcast and help MBT and ultimately in what he wants to do ultimately. So it's like when you don't understand people like that and when you don't study people like that and you don't study your friends like that, especially when you're doing business, you don't got to do it any other time, but when you're doing business, it is important because at that point, hypothetically speaking, if my end goal now was to be a medical doctor and just only be a medical doctor for the rest of my life and Shannon didn't want to do sports anymore, we could literally end the podcast season this season and everybody will be cool. Everybody will be chilling. But people don't talk. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it also just makes things run a lot smoother when everybody is transparent and everybody is on the same page. That's really how you avoid all those issues. But I think you establish that from the very beginning. You know what I mean? Like the first meeting, 
You let it know this is how it's going to be. This is how it's the same way we do it. Very transparent so that we all know what's going on. We all on the same page. Makes everything flow so much easier to the point. We ain't got to worry about all that other shit. Facts. Let me let me ask y'all this too. Um, do you think it's like when you hear like problems like this arise? Because you know, you know, us all three of us we're very transparent humans. Like our conversations, our conversations. But like, does it surprise you when you hear other people have like these type of issues where they don't communicate or they don't even have these types of conversations? Because I've I've talked to other people that are like, yeah, I haven't even talked to such and such about that. I'm like, you don't even know what your what your man's want or your friend what your friends into right. whatever it may be. Not even just like when it comes to business, but like the friends <clears throat> aspect. Like you don't even know what your what your, what, your, what your homies are into, like what, what they're trying to do with their life, you feel me? So you can support them in any way. Like, how do y'all feel about that? Does that surprise that those conversations don't happen or you think that's just a normal thing? Well, I would say they might not be your real friends if you don't know what, what the hell they want to do with their life and stuff like that, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I couldn't sit here and call you my brother if I didn't know what your plans were, you know what I mean? Okay. That's more like some like, a, like acquaintance type shit, you know what I mean? And to me, it surprises me when at the level of a Joe Budden podcast they have those kind of issues, right? Because you figure you got one of the top podcasts on, in the, in the, on the planet. So you would figure that all of that stuff is buttoned up from the very beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of weird. Like, why they have, they, they having these kind of issues. These seems like issues for motherfuckers that are unorganized and don't know each other. You know what I mean? So to me, it's very strange. I mean, going back to Joe, I think Joe's problem is Joe has a problem with contracts because Joe has previously been in contracts as a music artist and it has screwed him over. He's probably definitely afraid of contracts just because just because of what happens to him in the music industry. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So he kind of kind of runs it well at will. I don't want to do a contract. And it's like it creates problems like this. Rory coming from corporate America, working at Ad Agencies, working at Sony, he signed contracts. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he understands that, yo, we need to have this stuff laid out so there's no problems. And because I understand and because I because I can relate to Rory a lot, I can understand that he's really the type of person where it's like he literally probably would have never have asked for shit right after he signed a contract and got everything that he wanted. Yeah. yeah. Not even because it was even bad. You know what I'm saying? But to answer your question, I just think that it is weird. Like, <clears throat> you should know what your friends want to do. And if you don't, <clears throat> that's a big problem. Like, because how do you support your homies? You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's the biggest thing. Like, if you can't support your homies on their journey, you're not really their friend because it's like, Facts. you don't know what they do. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, damn, I didn't know. I didn't know Moose wanted to go to law school. Damn. I wish I would have known. Da, 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 da. Like, it, it kind of shows that you're not really invested in them. And I think it just goes back to the whole thing of like what I said last season. People aren't really invested in each other. Like we really not invested in each other at all. Like we're just here to look good with people to, you know, party, turn up, probably have sex with a few girls together and then call it a day. That's just not life. Like, I think, like, it's not life. There's more life than that, honestly, truly. I agree. I agree. Let's get into the Face of the Future song of the day presented by MBT. Um, follow us on all our social platforms on Instagram, MBT underscore the 1%, on Twitter, MBT the Future. And also follow us on TikTok now, MBT Network. Um, and make sure you go on all those platforms, follow, subscribe, and don't forget the YouTube platform, MBT Faces of the Future, where you can find all our video content. Um, the Face of the Future song of the day comes from artist out of Toronto, Canada. His name's Marriott. He just dropped his, his debut EP called Reset. And the song is uh, called Feel My High. Once again, this is Marriott, Feel My High.
fighting on my own Losing no control Liver than it ever gets yeah. Doubt can't take a hold Far away from home Knowing what I'm up against yeah. We turn up the flame, yeah She said that's her thing, yeah Wildin' in front of me Again, that was Marriott, Feel My High, um, from his debut EP, Reset. He's up becoming R&B and hip-hop artist out of Toronto, Canada. Um, check him out for all new music. Um, speaking of Canada, I just learned today that um, Canadians, they give, they give a certain like genetic test during a woman's pregnancy at the 18-week mark where they can tell if a child's going to have a high chance of having a disorder, a disability, whatever it may be. So with that being said, with that test going on, do you think more if, if that test was given like the United States or anywhere in the in the world? Do you think that if parents had that knowledge of of knowing that their kid was going to have some type of disability or disorder that would affect if they wanted to keep the child more and more abortions would happen? Or do you not think that would be a thing? I think so because go ahead, Tope. Yeah, I think it'll be a thing. I think like there's I think you already can test like not the genetics, but test to see if your child is going to have any disorder or no. You can test yourself to see no. if there's any genetic like or diseases or disorders 
Um, you mean when, like you as a parent can get yourself tested to see, yeah, like to see if you have any like heterary like disorders or whatever it's called, and it's like the chances of your child getting that and stuff like that. So like it's already possible, but for your kids, I, I think that a lot of people probably would, unfortunately, because like you like I don't think people want to raise anybody with special needs. To keep it a stat. Yeah, unfortunately, I I agree hundred percent with that statement. Exactly, I think a lot of people wouldn't want to raise a kid with special needs because I mean, it's not easy. We, we know kids that have special needs, um, like an aunt lobby, his parents, uh, it's, it's not like raising an, uh, in a normal situation. You know what I mean? It's a child, child that needs round the clock care mm-hmm. and not everybody's built for that, you know? And then, and then like, not to, like, not to say that there's anything wrong with like kids with special needs, but like also like the experiences, right. things of that nature, like that, that like when it comes to like doctor's appointments, things of that nature. But in, in the same aspect, do you think those tests should be given though? Do you think that's something that 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 needs to be implemented? Or do you feel as though like it shouldn't be? Like people should just, if they're gonna have a child, they should raise a child no matter whatever it be, not and not have that like quote unquote insight to what their child's gonna be before they're before they're born. Go ahead, so I mean, I think you should be able to. I think that it helps. Um, yeah, I'm not going to speak too more into it because then I, I don't want to start showing my ass about what I know, what I don't know, but I think that you should be able to. Well, what do um, you, I mean, what do you, oh, is it something you allowed to talk about, not to talk about or what? No. no, 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 no so show your ass and I'm trying to hear your thoughts. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm saying that in a sense of like, I say that in a sense of like, I don't, like my thing is, I, I'm saying that in a sense of, I understand where people come from, where it's like, you don't want to raise um, somebody with special needs because you have this idea of how you want to, how you want your kids to be. Nobody wants to put a kid through specific things. Like we even see how special needs kids were treated in high school. You know what I'm saying? Middle school, things of that nature. A lot of parents don't want to deal with that. And then a lot of parents, to be honest with you, which is something that I don't, I don't necessarily like, you know, um, clock them for is the fact that they're also kind of selfish. Like some parents want to be able for to, sure. say, yeah, like I want to raise healthy kids and have them get out my house at 18. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times people make it seem like it's a wrong thing. Like, oh, how could you not want to want to love somebody with special needs or how could you not like this? But it's like, you have to understand where people come from. Nobody comes into a, nobody comes into a relationship expecting someone to cheat. Nobody comes into a marriage expecting you know, your wife, God forbid, to be infertile. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody expects certain things to happen. Everybody has this fixed image, you know, based on the fact of I pray everything goes well. So my thing is that if they want to do it, I don't, I don't knock them. It's the same thing of me saying, I don't want to have kids right now because I want to enjoy my life and slay hoes. That's mm-hmm. fine. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, when it comes to like, when it comes to those types of things, it's, I don't, I don't knock them. If they want to abort the child, I would understand it. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. But I understand their thought process. Some people are very selfish and that is okay. I think you definitely have the right to know as the parents and especially as the mother, because like we said on this show before, at the end of the day, that's it's really your decision. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I mean, obviously you're going to have the talks if you're married or something, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's your body, it's your decision. Um, so I definitely think that you have the right to know in case you do want to j- just to kind of just maybe mentally prepare y- yourself. You know what I mean? What? Well, my fault. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, my last point is 
Um, I lost my train of thought, so just go ahead. My bad. Now, nah, what I was gonna say is, I think I think that conversation is a little different, though. You know, what I'm saying as opposed to, I think the conversation between the um, partners saying, "Do we want to have this kid? Like, do we want to have a child?" is different than, all right, we want to have a child, but do we want to raise a child if it comes out this way? What I was going to say was not everybody is built because it's cut to be parents pretty much is what I was going no, to say is my last facts, point. Facts, facts. I agree with that. But like I said, mm. I feel as though that conversation is a little different than, than I guess your normal, I won't call it normal because there's no normal abortion situation or whatever, but that conversation yeah. of just do I want to have a kid or not versus do I want to raise this kid because it's going to, because the kid's going to have this, this disability or this um, problem, whatever it may be coming up. I feel like that conversation is different. Yeah, it is, for sure. Or is it yeah, no, it's different. Yeah, it's different. There's a difference for sure. Yeah, no, it's different. There's there's a big difference because it's like some people just don't want to have kids, period. But then at the same there's time... There's going to be a lot more TLC that's going to have to go into raising a child with special needs. A lot yeah. more. And it's like, even as like, I, I'll be honest, like, even as a guy, like, you have, like, I'm, I'm going to be honest, like, you had a lot of guys which get very scared because they don't know what to do. A lot of guys, in my opinion, this me freestyling. I think that a lot of guys sometimes do get scared just even raising kids. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because it's like, there's a certain level of, there's a certain level of care that you can't give in a sense. Like you just sometimes just have to be there for your wife or your baby moms, whatever, however you see fit. Right. But when you have somebody with special needs, it's like, damn, like you have, like you have a child with special needs that affects like, for a lot of guys that affects your ego. Obviously, like we understand that ego is not the most important thing in a situation, but it's like, as a guy, the ego always comes into play. The ego will always come into play in one way, shape or another. And some guys are like, yo, I don't know how I feel about me having a child with special needs. So that conversation is definitely gonna come up and it's just like, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I'll say on the other side of that, I don't know what it's like to be a parent, but I can only imagine that feeling of like when you hold your child and see your child for the first time, that feeling of love that you get, doesn't matter if your child has special needs or not, you're going to love them through and through and fully. Because I'll use myself as an example, bro. Cause like, I wasn't like genetically born or anything. Like I just had a complication at birth, gave me nerve damage. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have like quote unquote special needs, but it's quote unquote like a disability. But like my parents are the same way. It's like, no, the love was no different. Nothing like that. It's like nothing crazy, but I feel as though, I don't know, I guess my perspective and outlook is just a little different, just based on, like, what I went through coming up, things of that nature. And then also just being, when I spoke at, um, what's it called, the Brachioplexus Network, which is, like, the nerve damage network to, like, the youth things of that nature, just seeing all those kids and, like, what they went through and things of that nature and seeing all the loving parents there that didn't have any bias. That's why I asked the question, mm-hmm. like, when that conversation comes, I feel as though, yeah, I couldn't agree with Moose when he said, uh, yeah, males have egos, things of that nature. They they don't want to have a certain look, whatever it may be. When it when it comes to that, just being around other males, just just in that presence, that's how it is. But like you said, when the mother's love comes, and I feel like I and the dad's love like, too, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about like when it comes to like the mother's love, because obviously the ones giving birth, I feel as though they love them just the same. Like they I will. Like I don't even know if the like the, the increase will obviously happen if they know what's going to happen because they don't want their child to go through just being a parent. But I don't know. I feel as though. When 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 that conversation sounds like mothers will still be prone to want to have their child at the end of the day. Yeah, because we can't relate to the feeling of having yeah having human some, growing inside yeah. your body. It's a different kind of connection. 
You know what I mean? It's a different kind of connection that we as men will never be able to understand. Ever, yeah. ever. And then, and then you have, and then, um, what's it called? Um, infertility, like when a woman can't have, like, like imagine a woman that, oh, they're having their kid for, like, she's been trying for years and years right. to have a child, and then she's about to have this child, and then she's that second test to see, all right, it's gonna have sword, it's Billy Women, and she found it does. I think I'm keeping, like, I've been trying my life to have a child, it doesn't really make a difference. Right, for sure. I mean, but like you said, people are very selfish. That's, that's me just being, um, optimistic about the scenario um but yeah that's just my thoughts on it and i don't know it's, it's very interesting if it becomes a thing that where, is interesting that is that is interesting i didn't know interesting that could happen. topic i didn't know that could, i didn't know you could test i knew you could test yourself before but not like actually test the fetus inside yeah, the, yeah I exactly. this is what it's gonna this is what your kid's gonna be like you know what i'm saying right yeah, right. The point where they're gonna like technology is gonna be so in depth where you're gonna be like oh this is what your kid's gonna look like the height yeah weight, like, yep how big they're gonna be? Like, that would be. I'm sure that's coming soon. That'd be wild. Coming very soon. But let's shift. Let's shift into some more politics stuff. Um, <sighs> good old Kamala Harris, Toby's right hand, Moose's favorite person, was speaking about immigration last week. I think it was, and just talking about how people, the immigration process, there's proper ways to immigrate into the country, things of that nature. But the thing that stuck out to me the most that made me mad, honestly, that made me mad, was that you're telling people that they shouldn't come to our country, to America, to seek asylum. Me, as a citizen of the United States and have friends that are that have immigrant parents, that have this, that have that, how can you say something like that? When America one is built on people that came to a country Seek asylum from a different from a different nation to get away from a different nation, separate, went through a whole civil war, things of that nature, took over land, and you can tell people that you can't come to land that we quote unquote don't even own. So it's like that type of thing is like, how can you say something like that? And what was your thoughts when you heard that? Um, well, I the first thing I thought about was was when they was on the campaign trail and she's imagine a mother dragging her child across Mexico trying to come to America and now it's and now it's don't come Cat, right yeah. now now it's don't come but before it was imagine risking you and your child's life for a better life here in America and you can't come shut up you know what I'm saying like, like you know what I'm saying like yo just such a fucking politician that's why we've had our reservations about her from day one and everything's alive this is another thing that they said that they was going to fix and work on that they haven't. So, and that they probably won't I, fix. I have, I have, um, I don't have many words to say about it. She's full of shit. They're full of shit. All I the politicians are all full it. of shit. I hate and it. And again, it's just another just blatant, disrespectful slap in the face to Americans. Like we're all fucking idiots. Like they, they contradict themselves so much that it's, it's just disturbing. And honestly, and I really, I ain't got nothing to say about it because my my feelings are very clear and I know Moose is about to go on a whole rant. So I'm going to just sit that, back that, and that, that, that boy in the tunnel right now, like he ended up. Like he about to go in the game right about now. About to go in the game. <laughs> he put his head down like they were giving him the intro. Tag me in, coach. Tag me in. Tag me in. <laughs> He said, uh, he said a, uh, I just, podcaster from New Jersey. <laughs> I just, what irritates me the most really is they sold they sold Kamala Harris as this super mixed parent, super mixed woman 
who have black parents and immigrant an immigrant father and a black and a black mom or whatever it is and now she's telling people don't come to the country i have a quote to read because i didn't i wasn't able to do much research on it as to why this was such a big deal but before i even read that quote because it kind of reading it just irritated me and solidified what i what i thought it just irritates me because it's like going back to the election we made so much noise about kamala harris we made so much noise about my gosh she's the first black woman but it's like she was indian she claimed to be indian before she claimed to be black and when she claimed to be indian she claimed to be coming from immigrant parents and now look at you you're now sitting here explaining to people don't come don't come if you're from guatemala um you know, you have the situation with Mexico where, you know, they, I don't even remember what they did. I think they like had, they basically are not allowing people who've come to the country legally to get documents, things of that nature. And it's like, there's so many different things with this country where it's like the immigration system is effed up essentially, period. We know that. And now you have Kamala Harris saying, oh yeah, don't come, right? And why I'm irritated before I even read the quote, it irritates me because it's, we ate this up as people. Like, this goes back to my whole problem with just Black people. We see somebody Black and they say that we're Black and all of a sudden it's, oh my gosh, I love her. Nah. And it's like, no, it's like, just because Kamala Harris is Black, she's light-skinned, she's an AKA, don't mean that she's going to do a great job. Like, and I've been saying that. And it's like, I was looking at people, it's like, y'all sat here and I'm, I keep bringing this up. We came here, we brought the Democrats in. We voted. The only reason why the, Dem the Democrats are in office is because we wanted to vote Trump out of office. Y'all sold us a dream. Y'all used strippers to make me vote for Democrats. Y'all told me we're going to fix everything that Trump did. And I ain't seen shit. I ain't seen shit get fixed since. The fucking stock Nothing. market has been effed up. The immigration shit has still been the same. Like, Student loan you're, debt. Yeah, student loan debt is still the same. And I'm looking at the situation like, so what exactly are you fixing here? Like, and this is what I was talking about with Julian. It's like the reason why people don't really pay attention to how Democrats move is because we pay attention to House Democrats. We pay attention to AOC. We pay attention to um, Bernie's, all of them. But we don't pay attention to the fact that the Senate Democrats are extremely conservative, if not almost just as conservative as Republicans. And so that's what irritates me, where it's like, we ate this up. Oh, my gosh, Democrats, Democrats, Democrats. We're going to take Trump out of office and shit ain't change. And like, and, and and for me, it's like, I'm looking at everybody. I'm like, okay, so what has changed? Y'all sat here, called me crazy for not for not being happy about Kamala Harris. Y'all called me, y'all called me a misogynist. Y'all called me a hater. Y'all called me all this stuff. And I'm looking at them like, I told you, like, I'm not even going to do my I told you shit today. I, like, I, I said- Let them have it. Let them have I it. it. Give it to you. I said, it. I, I said it. That's all I'm going to say. I said it. And I just, that's all I'm going to say. And, but anyways- and now this whole thing gives ammo for the other side to be like, see, told y'all we should have kept Trump in office. You know what I'm saying? So it just it just makes the divide even bigger. Because like, see, these motherfuckers ain't doing shit either. You know what I mean? So it's just a bad look all the way around, bro. And to real quick to read the quote, um, I didn't, like I said, I didn't get a chance to research, but I guess this explains why it was irritating for people um, who are in Guatemala to hear that. They were like, if you ever heard about the 1954 coup d'etat in Guatemala that involved the CIA sponsoring an execution of a democratically elected president, A-Benz, to protect the United Fruits Company's interests, U.S. owned and now Chiquita Brands International, Guatemalans were redistributing land from the UFC to landless citizens as a means of generating wealth 
and an economy that was independent. This coup destroyed many abilities to develop a government that had interest in developing for their own people. It destroyed economies, independent farming and housing, and self-determination. It fueled conflicts and gave away armed struggle, armed struggles, and even gang violence. So these so these comments about telling Guatemalans to stay away or don't come here is an example of this country's absolving themselves of responsibility. Maintaining white supremacy and capitalism always comes under the guise of protecting democracy. It's always been complete BS, and I hope y'all remember that. So yeah, I, I, I had I knew some I knew something else was going on because they made noise about it. I didn't know what was going on, but reading that, I'll probably do more research about it. But yeah, it it sounds nuts, and I think the Chiquita brands. I think that's Dole. Isn't that Dole? I think you said what Dole, like the Chiquita brands that they, that the that the person that mentioned this isn't that Dole? I think so. Yeah, I think that's Dole. So basically, they kill somebody to 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 get bananas. But okay, I guess. But anyways, point is, <laughs> okay, they killed a president for bananas. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, it just it just seems like in a lot of cases when a lot of a lot of things come up, it kind of just seems a lot of times there's more to the story than what we understand. And I think that like us as black people to all our black listeners and to just all our minority listeners, we should take time to understand what these Democrats are doing. This is me saying I'm Republican. I'm just saying what everybody's like, doing. Yeah, like just pay attention to what everybody is doing because it it, it kind of seems like everybody's pulling wool over our eyes. And it's just, it's kind of annoying at this point. Because like I said, I really wanted to run for office, but I just, I can't that's, sell. That's what, that's what I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you. because I can't sell my soul like this. You're in the space. <laughs> like this. You, you're in the space that, you, that you're, you're in that space. So say Moose, is, Moose, for, Moose for president, Moose for office. Hashtag. <laughs> Moose for president, Moose for office. You're running a campaign. How would you differ yourself from the everyday politician? Like, Because like you said, this is something that we see on the regular. They say one thing, don't hold up the end of the bargain. They run on this, don't live up to the hype. So Moose is running for president, Moose is running for office. How do you make our community, the black community, feel as though that you're gonna stick to your word? Like what route would you take? Um, we have in two cage tournaments every month, for real, for real. But it's like not, but on a serious <laughs> note, though, on a serious note though, like part of it is just being transparent. Like I don't, I don't want this to sound weird when I say it, but you got to speak the language of your people. What I know is about a lot of African-Americans that end up getting into politics, they don't speak our language. You, like, you can tell. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's certain ways you talk to the House, to the Senate, but how are you talking to the people? You get what I'm saying? And it's like, it's important. Stacey Abrams, for example, came up and told everybody to vote in the middle of a versus between Gucci Man and Jeezy. You speak into the people, you speak into the language of the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, for me, is as an African-American male, I would speak my language to the people and I would speak to the issues of the people. Like, I understand it's a majority of white people in the country. I understand that. But the reality of it is that most of the politicians seem to protect the minority anyways, which is the 1%, the 5% of people. So why can't I sit here and speak to the 13% of African-Americans who essentially have $1 trillion in spending power, who essentially power pop culture, who put the money in these people's pockets. So for me, you gotta speak to the language of the people, whether that be trying to find ways of reparations and not even just saying it, just forcing it. Like 
you guys know me. I'm the type of person where it's like, if I want something, I want it. I don't mean like, and I mean that in a way of like, I want this done. This is how I want to go about things. Like I'm very, very grounded in what I feel is right and what I feel is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, I would speak the language to the people, whether that be reparations, finding it in some way, helping out small black businesses, finding ways to help, finding ways to find alternatives to having police in the hood and finding ways to ultimately help communities. Because my thing is that, excuse me, I've always said this, like capitalism affects black people the most because black people weren't considered when capitalism was created. And so it's like, for me, it's like, you have to find a way to help these people, whether it is finding ways to give them alternative loans or finding ways to, you know, establish more community centers in in the cities where African-Americans are prevalent and it's a poor written out country, like not country, town, city, like I'm using Camden because we're close by, like using Camden, for example, mm-hmm. restructuring Camden, you know what I'm saying? Restructuring the major cities, talking to those people, um, talking to those senators of how to restructure those places because it's important. We're important. For me, I'm speaking to the language of my people because they brought me into becoming the person that I am today. Just like all those rich capitalistic people have helped make those people be the people who they are today. I'm not taking no money from Saudi Arabia, probably not taking no money from the NRA, probably not taking no money from certain places. Like I'm probably not going to, I to be honest with you, I really, really probably wouldn't. And they probably look at me crazy because I don't want to play the game. But if I had to run independent, I would. And I probably, because of how I am as a person, y'all know me, I don't give a fuck. I'd probably go far. I'd probably go far. <laughs> I, I just don't want to sell my soul the way that I know that I'd have to. So For I, sure. I don't I don't want to do that because I knowing me, I would feel bad about myself at the end of the day. You couldn't be your true self. Yeah. You know, you'd have to be be a liar like the rest of them. Hashtag moves for prayer. Like I'm like I'm too honest. Like for me, I'm too honest of a nigga to just be like, yeah, I promise you I'm gonna do this. Like there's a difference where it's like I use Obama for example. When Obama was talking about, hey, I didn't really speak on black issues because I had a lot of pressure from you know the Senate and how I was looking at him like, bro, no, 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 no. My nigga, you are half white, first off. Second off, you went to Harvard, so you were around hella white people. So for you to talk the way that you talking, I'm not, it's not jiving with my spirit, bro. Like I'm not, I'm not jacking that. So it's like for me, just me being black, African, whatever. You telling me a completely different story of, oh, yeah, like, no, if you believe in what the people are struggling with, you're going to help them. Look at LeBron James, for example. LeBron James built a school that has a food pantry that's helped people get jobs, that's helped everybody in a poor, ridden-down city get what they need. So why can't America do that? That's a fact, bro. You don't care. We'll see. We'll see if we ever come across, like, if you, when it gets to that point, it's time for you, for Moose to be president, you know what I'm saying? Moose run for office, you know what I'm Not saying? Happy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see what you're going to do. Because we're running on that, you know what I'm saying? We'll help you with your marketing and your campaign trail. Yeah, we're we going yeah. to we get you right. We gonna get you right. <laughs> <laughs> the only niggas I trust. The only niggas I trust. I would never use anybody else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But let, let's shift, let's shift um, our dynamic from from politics and into our last little segment of sports. Um, there's a lot that's been going on in the sports world. Uh, NBA playoffs, man, my predictions were way off from when we had them at the beginning of the, what was it, last season, the season before. Um, and mine are off too. I think all of us are off, to be honest. A lot of, what, 
because of the Lakers going on first round. I said I said the Suns are top four team in the West. You did say that. You did say that. It said this. All right, I gotta I gotta I, give I'll you credit give you on that, that one. I said it. I'll give you credit. I, I said, said it. You was right. I, you, I'd be hating. All right, you was you was right. You was right. Yeah, I'm saying, but was right. What's been going on in the does does that first round loss hurt LeBron's legacy? I need to hear your what your thoughts are. Does it affect it? Do you think at all? To me, when I mean people are going to say it's because they just say he lost in the first round. When you look at the context of what happened, them having a very short turnaround from this year, LeBron missing a significant amount of time during the season due to an injury, Anthony Davis not being available. To me, it doesn't hurt his legacy because his first first round loss. Kobe and Jordan both had plenty of first round series losses. So to me, it doesn't hurt his legacy, but to the haters, it does. To 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 make it clear, LeBron has never had a first round loss. Never. Jordan didn't even sniff the playoffs before he right. got right. LeBron carried scrubs in year right. eighteen. So never had a first round loss ever. So that says that you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And then move, moving on from that, who was your biggest surprises in the playoffs so far in terms of like? Not 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 winning or losing, but like performance wise. Like who's Honestly, not- for me, it's been Devin Booker. I mean, not 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 that we didn't know that he was he was a star, but like you know, they play on the West Coast. They play late. You don't really get a chance to watch the Suns all all season like that, right? So now I really wasn't able to to lock in on the Suns, and I'm just like, yo, this dude is the real. Not that I again, not that I didn't know he was nice, but I'm just like, yo, this motherfucker is really really like that. You know what I'm saying? And the confidence. And the swag is like, yo, this dude is on another level. So I mean, they they looking like top dog right now. I, I'm surprised mainly by Utah. They don't got Mike Connolly. And I was like, I didn't because they need not unless they need it, but I didn't think that um I didn't think that Donovan Mitchell would play as well as he could without Mike Connolly, because Mike Connolly's a distributor. But just seeing how he played now, he's waxing the Clippers. I like I don't see the I don't see the Clippers making it out the West because them niggas be getting waxed left and right every two games. Like it just get on my nerves. But like I just yeah, I'm surprised mainly by the Jazz and, and Donovan Mitchell, especially without Mike Connolly. The thing that I will say is Kawhi is who I thought he was. Kawhi, what do you mean by that? No, 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 no. Don't give me the what. Don't give me the what. What After, do you mean? Look who was running them the whole series. And just to see Kawhi flip a switch like that. And oh, like, yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the top dog. Like, you aren't, you are, you're still here and I'm still here. It's uh, like, if you watch that, that's what he did, bro. He was cruising. I'm saying he was getting quiet 30 every night and then he just goes for, off for 45. For the entire series, he didn't miss a shot in the fourth quarter. Just saying. I mean, put, put it, and, and last night, the game last night, again, total domination. <laughs> when, when, I mean, when Kawhi really, really wants to, he could do whatever he wants to do on the floor, and it's on both ends. It's no stop, yeah, bro. It's it's ridiculous, and I'm just seeing him get to his spots. Like that's my thing about Devin Booker that makes him who he is. The man just knows how the kid just knows how to get to his spots on the floor and create his own shot. You know what I'm saying? And also, Chris Paul, Chris just, Paul yeah. got Chris Paul got that whole team confident. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you can see pouring on the gut. They're they're not afraid of no, anybody. You know what I mean? And Chris yeah. Paul got them guys ready to go. I mean his. His value, you really seen his true value over the last couple of years in Houston, going to OKC, who was a team that was tanking. They end up as the, the fourth or fifth seed in the playoffs. And then he goes to Phoenix, who hasn't won since Steve Nash, and they get the second seed in the playoffs, and they're dominating. You know what I mean? So, 
you see the truth. That's that's value. When you talk about most valuable player, that's value. It's and because like I don't think people are gonna look at that because it's not the league is obviously a scoring league. They want to make the league more exciting now. So they're gonna be like, they don't look at it like that, but nobody understands what what it means to be valuable. Like and right. that like Chris Paul and LeBron James, in my opinion, I, I'll throw James Harden in there because you know he he began to it. They like the three, in my opinion, they're like the top three most valuable people in the league. I KD is good, don't get me wrong, but KD can do what he does on any team. Well, and they yeah. get to lose, you know what I'm saying? And I'll agree with that too, because you haven't seen KD like on his own, like carry somebody. KD pussy. Right. He pussy. What'd you say? KD is pussy. Oh, wow. KD is pussy. Wow. <laughs> But you got, hey, never mind. We're not going to do that today. We're not going to do that today. <laughs> I, I got a question. I got a question. How do y'all feel about Giannis's game? Giannis. Oh, Giannis. boy. Nigga not because, I mean, this man really, I mean, I, I, I was. it was Tim Legley who I was watching breaking him down, and he really, like, described it perfectly. He was like, yeah, Giannis is good, but he doesn't have any go-to moves. Remember the the don you said on Twitter said Giannis has no bag no because no he really no he really he really doesn't have handles like that. He really is a straight line scorer, and if he can't get to the cup, he's kind of ineffective because he can't shoot at all. You know what I mean? More so, aggressive Ben Simmons. That's it. That man. Exactly. That man is Greek. That man is Greek. He is not Nigerian. I'm revoking his Nigerian card. That <laughs> man is the Greek freak forever. <laughs> nah, nah, he don't got no bag. He don't no bag, bro. But my thing is, what can what I can appreciate is that he doesn't get injured, but he just got to work on his jump shot. Him and Ben Simmons got to go to got to go to Ray Allen over the summer for is, for is, or, or is, a lethal shooter or somebody. Is he, is he tier two or tier three in the league? Giannis, he's what is he tier two or tier three in the league? Because he's not tier one. He's tier, he's tier two. Tier, tier two to tier three because tier three. I said he's three. he's he. Okay, I can go with two or three because he's not a number one guy. He's not. He can, you cannot win a championship with him as your number one option because he can't. He can't score, and once the game slows down, and he, it's not the regular season where he can go coast to coast and get you know thirty two points on just fast break dunks. You see how good he really is. The way the way and KD, KD is cooking him. Yeah, KD That's is cooking him. So disrespectful. Yeah, like, yeah. This is not Giannis. Giannis has to go work on his bag, son. Never seen no shit like that in my life. Let me ask y'all this. This season, give me all top five players in, in the league. Um, Jokic. Mm-hmm. Uh, CP3. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid. Um... I need some more guards in mind. Um, I mean, Dame Dollar. Mm, top five. And Luca. I was waiting for her to say that. My, my, mine is mine is I got there's no this is no order, but Jokic or Jokic, how do you say his name? Embiid, Luca, CP, and I gotta put Steph in there, bro. Gotta put Steph I can get behind Steph. You see, I gotta put Steph in there. What about you, Moose? CP3 is my number one. I never 
Son, I've never seen no shit like this in my life, son. See people. I, I leave KD out though. It's so hard. Ah, I was bro. gonna say D book too. KD, you know what I mean? KD was hurt. I'm not, putting, I'm not putting KD in there. KD is pussy. I don't care. KD is pussy to me, son. I don't care. CP3. Go ahead. CP3, Luca. Um, yeah, CP3, Luca. Yeah, and B had a good season this year. I want to say defensively, Ben Simmons is up there because he had a really, really good defensive season. And then I put um top five in the league, though. Top five in the league, we talking about top five in the league. Defense, defense, defense. His defense does not put him into the top five. <laughs> His defense does not put him into the top oh, five, bro. Sorry. Because it, 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 because if that's the case, you can you could put Rudy Gobert in there too. Oh, oh, he's, no, not, he's not sniffing the top five. If you're talking about defense, nothing but stand. I'm saying if you're talking about putting him in there because of his defense, this is him all day. This is him. I don't think he should have been the defensive player of the year anyway. I'm like, how is he the defensive player of the year over Ben who been locking niggas up all season? Right. Right. Make no sense. Zero. Rudy Rudy. Rudy Gobert. Got no bag. Joel, I mean, Ben Simmons like a niggas up on the perimeter. Give, 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 give. I tell this. Rudy Gobert is just JaVale McGee with playing time, bro, period. And JaVale, it, bro. JaVale will give you more on the offensive end. Fucking seven-footer. You should be blocking shots, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you got an eight-foot wingspan. That's, that's 100%. And before we wrap it up, Shan, tell us a little bit about the, the expansion of the playoff in college football and oh. what that means for the game. College football playoffs is going to expand to 12 teams. Uh, power. Uh, all conferences will get a bid. That's major. Oh, lit. All conferences will get a bid. Uh, the top six will be seated. Um, the top six seat. The top six teams will be seated one through six from the uh from the all the conferences, and it'll be uh the rest will be at large. So mm-hmm. should be lit. Big expansion. It's about time. It's, yeah, yeah, it's about yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, you will probably lose. Probably. Two or three con- non-conference games, though. I don't mind it. I'd rather see the playoff where everybody gets a chance to actually be the national champ. You'll probably get one big non-conference game, which is going to have to be a big one. It can't be anymore like a you schedule a a, a Citadel. It's going to have to be. It's, it's going to have to be a big game. It's going to be a competitive yeah. game still. Because because so it's going to weigh on your schedule too, and then also that makes actually like the conference. Not that the conference wasn't valuable, but the conference play is going to be way more valuable now because if you lose one game, right. you might not get into the playoff. Yeah. And plus, because you're losing all those non-conference games, you want your one non-you want your one non-conference to to bring you in a lot of revenue. So you want to schedule if you're a Power Five, another uh, comparable Power Five team. You know what I mean? I think this is great for the game of college football. I think a lot of people have been waiting on it, and I think the revenue obviously because it's been down the last few years because of whatever been going on. But I think it's going to go back up because now. That you have the twelve playoff games. Say they do host them at the at the collegiate. Uh, oh, it'll be home games. It'll yeah, it'll be home, home games. games. That's more revenue for the sound, the towns, the city, and things of that nature. And then they can even expand and have like bowl locations for like the Final Four, like they do. They will. Yep, that'll so be. That's going to be. It's going to be great. I think it's great for the game. Um, it gives everybody an actual chance to be a national champion. So you won't see the U, the U, UCF of the world saying they're national champions twelve and zero. They get a chance, whatever it may be. And like you said, it's put up or shut up time now. For the big dogs yeah. and the little dogs. So yeah, it is. everything's going to be yeah, set on is. the field, and it's going to be go time. I mean, look, FCS, D2, and D3 have been doing the playoffs for years. 
So there's no reason that that the the, the top dogs shouldn't have a system in place. Facts, facts. That's all I got for this episode today, guys. You got anything else? Any shout out? Uh, uh yeah, see, I came back with a hairline for this season. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know. You got my cut this week. <laughs> the Nike cap on. That's all I got. Shout out to, I call them the community members. Shout out to the community for tuning in to the Face of the Future podcast. If you aren't a part of the community yet, make sure whatever platform you listen on, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts at, hit that subscribe button and tune in for all your updates, man, and content that we got going on. And also follow the Face of the Future pod on all social platforms on Instagram, Face of the Future pod, and uh, on Twitter, Faces underscore Future pod, man. And we'll keep the content coming. Season 7, episode 61. It's your boy Mills. It's your boy Shan. It's your boy Mason Moose. Peace, man.